Good day, all. Welcome to another season of Learning Bible Truth Ministries. I am the founder, host, and teacher, your one and only Dr. Kamla D. Here to teach you Bible truth, to help you grow in faith and learn how to walk in God's amazing grace by teaching Bible truth, not my truth, Bible truth. Here we read scriptures that contain God's word. Remember to pray and ask God for understanding. Put your learning hats on, get your Bibles, invite family and friends, take notes, and let's learn Bible truth. Good day, saints. Today is Sunday. It is March the 26th of the year 2023. I am the host, founder, and teacher, your one and only Dr. Kamala D. I hope this day finds you and your family well. Now, today will be a short message, but very powerful. I know I told you guys that I will begin a short series uh, entitled The Governing Authorities. I am still working on that, but the Lord asked me to share this message. We are going to cover the Lord's Prayer. So the name of this episode is Understanding the Lord's Prayer. And we will be nowhere around Matthew. No, we will not. I need you to go to John chapter 17, the gospel according to John. I will be using the NASB today, the New American Standard Bible. And the reason why I share that, some of you ask, is because I know all of us are not reading the same version. And I typically switch depending on which one is closer to the original text, whether it's in Greek, whether it's in Hebrew or Aramaic or Latin, which is what the scriptures were written in. But um, you guys know the routine. You can pause the tape until you find John chapter 17. And when you find it, you can press play and we will be on the same page. So with that said, let's get this truth on the road understanding the Lord's prayer. Ah, now you can stay at John chapter 17, but John chapter 16, I'm going to read the last three verses. It's going to carry us in to the Lord's prayer. John 16, 31 says, Jesus answered them. He was talking to his disciples. Do you now believe? Verse 32, behold, an hour is coming and has already come for you to be scattered, each to his own home and to leave me alone. And yet I am not alone because the father is with me. Verse 33, these things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation. But take courage or take heed, depending on which version you have. I have overcome the world. Now we are in John chapter 17. It's sometimes called the high priestly prayer or Jesus prays for himself. And then we move on to Jesus praying for his disciples. In any event, it is the Lord's prayer. It is the prayer that the Lord prayed. 
Beginning at verse one, Jesus spoke these things and lifting up his eyes to heaven, he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that the son may glorify you. Now, what is Jesus talking about? The hour has come. This is speaking of the time of his death has come. And when he says glorify your son, the very event that will glorify the son was his death. Now, by his death, he had received the adoration, the worship and love of millions, hundreds of millions whose sins he bore on that cross. He accepted this assignment. Yes, he did. He accepted this assignment to the glory of God, knowing that by it, he will be exalted to the father. Now the goal is that the father may be glorified for his redemptive plan that is finally put in place. Now his redemptive plan was in his son, his son, Jesus. So he sought by his own glory, the glory of his father. Verse two says, even as you gave him authority over all flesh, all means nothing is left out, all flesh, that to all whom you have given him, he may give eternal life. All that the father has given Jesus, all which leaves out nothing, Jesus has given eternal life to. And then verse three, he goes on to explain what eternal life is. This is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. My God, my God, my God. Eternal life is knowing the only true God. Now, the fact that Jesus said true, and this is in all versions of the Bible is that there are false gods out here, saints. Jesus said eternal life is knowing the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. You cannot separate the two. And Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Verse four, I glorified you on the earth, having accomplished the work which you have given me to do. Verse five says, now father, Glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. This is powerful. What Jesus is saying here. Number one, he has completed the work before it was even done. So he knew he was going to complete it. Jesus looked past the cross and he asked to be returned to the glory that he shared with the father before the world began, saints. Now, the actual completion of bearing judgment, wrath for sinners, was declared by Christ in his cry at the very end when he gave up the, just before he gave up the spirit, he said, it is finished. That's in chapter 19, verse 30. But what did Jesus say? He said that he had glory with God before the world was. Jesus existed with God before the world was. He came forth from God. So this is this is why this is called understanding the Lord's prayer. He's revealing a lot to us in this prayer. Verse six, I have manifested your name 
to the men whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours and you gave them to me and they have kept your word. That was the Jews who truly believed on the true and living God, which is Yahweh or either Jehovah. And they knew who the Messiah was when they saw Jesus and watched the miracles that he performed because they knew the Old Testament scriptures. These were men who knew the Messiah was coming and they were able to identify Christ because they knew the Old Testament scriptures based on the prophecies of the Old Testament prophets. Let me read six again. I have manifested your name to the men whom you gave me out of the world. Hallelujah. They were yours and you gave them to me and they have kept your word. Now, this also reveals something else that not everybody is saved and not everybody believe on the true and living God. These are the men that believed on God before Christ came. And when they met the true and living Messiah, which was God in the flesh, I may add, they knew he was sent from God. Let's keep reading. Verse seven. Now they have come to know that everything you have given me is from you. They knew this. Verse eight. For the words which you gave me, I have given to them and they received them and truly understood that I came forth from you and they believed that you sent me. Hallelujah. How many of you believe that God sent Jesus? The son of God affirmed the genuine saving faith of his disciples right here. When he says in verse eight, for the words which you gave me, I have given to them and they received them and truly understood that I came forth from you and they believed that you sent me. Jesus confirmed that these are true believers. Verse nine says, I ask on their behalf. I do not ask on behalf of the world. Jesus is not praying for the world. He's only praying for the disciples that believe that Jesus was sent by God. Let me read verse nine again. Understanding the Lord's prayer. I ask on their behalf. I do not ask on behalf of the world, but of those whom you have given me for they are yours. Those whom God led to Christ. They belong to God. Jesus said in the latter part of verse nine, they are yours. Verse 10 says, and all things that are mine are yours. See, now he's letting us know in this prayer that he and the father are one. He existed with the father before the world was. And he's saying right now in verse 10, and all things that are mine are yours and yours are mine. And I have been glorified in them. Verse 11, I am no longer in the world and yet they themselves are in the world. And I come to you, Holy Father, keep them in your name, the name which you have given me, that they may be one even as we are one. Right here, Christ is talking about the unification of Christians, those that believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, when he said, I am no longer in the world. Now, he was so sure of his death because remember, he knew everything before it was going to happen. And he came here on a mission. 
he was talking about his death before it even happened. He, he talked about his departure back to the father and, and he treated his departure as it had already been finished. He prayed here for his disciples because they would have to face the world's temptation and hatred without Jesus being with them physically. And he, he wouldn't be there to protect them physically. So he's praying for their protection. Now, based on the eternal nature of God, Jesus prayed for the eternal security of those who believe in him. He prayed that as the Trinity experiences eternal unity. So many believers would have the Holy Spirit, which is why he sent them another helper. The Holy Spirit would keep them and help protect them once he left them. Verse 12 says, while I was with them, I was keeping them in your name, which you have given me. And I guarded them and not one of them perished, but the son of perdition so that the scripture would be fulfilled. Who was the son of, perdi of perdition saints? It's Judas Iscariot. Now Jesus kept them in his name. Jesus protected them and he kept them uh, safe from the world. As, as he said in, in chapter six, verse 37 through 40 and verse 44. Now, one illustration of that can be seen in chapter 18 verses one through 11. You guys can write down these scriptures so that you can read them. Because if I read every scripture that I studied, we would be on this for months. So you guys can read chapter 18 verses one through three eleven. Now, believers are secure forever because they are held by Christ and by God. Because remember, Jesus and Christ are one. Jesus said, whatever is the, for the father, it is for me. Whatever is mine, is it, it is for God. Now, the son of perdition, we already know this is Judas Iscariot. And Jesus is pointing out his eternal damnation. Now, when Judas betrayed Christ, you know, it was not Christ failing to protect him. Let's get that clear. The scriptures had to be fulfilled. Remember when Jesus told his disciples that haven't I chosen you, uh, the 12 and one of you is a devil. When, when Peter was questioning him about what, well, who is going to betray you for, uh, a Lord, Jesus said, haven't I chosen you, the 12 and one of you is a devil. And right here, the revelation is just because you got people in the congregation saying the name of Jesus, you think Judas never said Jesus was Lord? Doesn't mean they saved. Satan have people in every last one of these churches. That's a whole nother teaching. But Satan has people in every last one of these churches. Verse 13 says, but now I come to you and these things I speak in the world so that they may have my joy made full in themselves. Jesus still wanted them to have joy, even though they were going to be faced with all kinds of tribulations, heads being chopped off in the name of Jesus. Uh-huh. Just for preaching the gospel, just for preaching the gospel. Verse 14, I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of this world even as I am not of the world. I remember sharing before with you guys, saints, if you listen to me on a regular basis, why I hate this world so much. As I begin to know God and get closer to God through Christ, I understood I hate this world because the world is under Satan's system. 
That's why it's in such chaos and it's getting worse and worse and worse. We can pray all we want. The prayer we should be praying as Christians collectively is for our protection to keep us because the world is not going to get better. It's going to get worse as it comes to an end. So this is why the prayer of the Lord is so important because he also prays for us. Uh Uh-huh. I want you to listen. Verse 15. I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. Right here, Christ is asking God to protect us from the evil one. And that is where the Holy Spirit comes in. When he sent the Holy Spirit back, the Holy Spirit is protecting us, which is why we need to unify because Christ is going to keep on saying unification. Let's keep on moving. Verse 16. They are not of the world even as I am not of the world. Verse 17 says, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Sanctify means to set apart, set apart for service, set apart for holiness. Remember, we are not of the world. So we have to be set aside to do good works and to unify in the body of Christ. Verse 18 says, as you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. Why? to do good works, and to preach the gospel, the good news, telling people that, look, we have a savior. Your sins can be forgiven. No matter what you have done, your sins can be forgiven. Remember the apostle Paul says, we have been given the ministry of reconciliation. What is the ministry of reconciliation? That God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. And that's what verse 18 is all about. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. Verse 19, for their sakes, I sanctify myself. Jesus set aside himself that they themselves also may be sanctified in truth. Now, I sanctify myself, meaning only that he was totally set apart for the father's will. That's what Jesus came for. He didn't come for anything else. I've heard people on uh, television, I often watch uh, videos on YouTube. Well, they, when they were um, asked about what type of, of women they prefer to date or what type of man, I've heard some say, well, um, I don't want to date those Jesus people, you know, because I don't believe in worshiping a man. And my heart went out to this young man. I said, now, I don't know where he heard about Jesus from. So apparently he did hear about Jesus. But Jesus was more than that. He was the savior of the world. He was set apart to do exactly what he was on his way to do right here in 17, on his way to die for the sins of the world. Now, he did that in order that believers might be set apart to God by the truth that Christ brought. Not man, The truth in the words of Christ, not in the words of your pastor, if he is not sharing the words of Jesus. He did that so that we can be set aside in the truth of God's word. And verse 20 says, I do not ask on behalf of these alone. Hallelujah. But for those also who believe in me through their word. Now, saints, when I finally got the revelation of this, this prayer. I broke down and cried like a baby. You have the Lord himself praying for our protection. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Bless the name of the Lord.
Hallelujah. Verse 20, you need to focus on. John 17, verse 20. I do not ask on behalf of these alone, not behalf of those Jews that believed on him, but for those also who believe in me through their word. We believed on Jesus through the words of the apostles. We wouldn't know anything about the Lord if it wasn't for the word of these apostles. Hallelujah. Verse 21, that they may all be one, even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. Right here, unification of the saints. We are so fragmented because people have become greedy. All of these different denominations set up in the name of Jesus causes division. Jesus' prayer was that we be unified so that the world could know that Jesus was sent by God. But we are so fragmented to Christianity has become a mockery a joke because they fell to the prey of Satan. When you start disagreeing with the word, you open up a door for Satan to come in and set up shop. That is how these denominations came about. Unbelievable. Jesus said in verse 21, we need to get this saints that they may all be one. This is unification. Even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. This is why a lot of people don't believe right here. Verse 22, the glory which you have given me, I have given to them that they may be one just as we are one. Jesus is praying that we be one. Every Christian should be on the same page. No Christian who is out there living in open sin, and when I say Christian, someone who is claiming to be a believer in Christ, should be upset because another Christian is living holy. And because a, a Christian come to you in love and say, look, I'm ready. God is ready. Sit down. I'm here for you to support you so that you can be restored. You can't be living in sin like this, open sin. Let's repent. The proper way to repent is to read Psalms 51. It is a model prayer that King David set for us to repent properly. Confess your sins. Even though you may sin against people, ultimately you are sinning against the Lord. You should not be angry at another Christian because they live in holy. You can stay mad with me. I'm living holy till I leave here. I repent every day because I know it's something I said that I should not have said when I'm in a group in, in the group of a bunch of unsaved, unholy living people. And I end up getting drawn into the conversation. I start to feel bad immediately because that's the seal of the Holy Spirit in me nudging me saying that wasn't good. Don't don't participate. That's why sometimes I be quiet at work. Because of the conversations. And I see people professing to be Christians supporting open sin to aunt to non-believers instead of leading them to Christ. Don't say anything. Don't support them, but don't say anything. Don't encourage them. You put in a stumbling block in their way. And yes, all that has to do with what I just read. Yes, it does. 
but we can only be unified through the Holy Spirit, saints. Only through the Holy Spirit. Verse 23 says, I in them and you in me, that they may be perfected in unity. There's that unity again. So that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you have loved me. Verse 24, Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me be with me where I am. He's not talking about today. He's talking about futuristic. When we leave, we will forever be with the Lord so that they may see my glory, which you have given me. For you loved me before the foundation of the world. The glory that Jesus is talking about is you will see who he really is. He is God. There's only one throne, saints. There is only one throne. Now, when Christ said he wanted us to be with him, he's talking about heaven. Remember, he said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And that that place is actually prepared already. That place is heaven. Where he is, we will be too. We will see him in his full glory. Now, someday believers will, will not only see his glory, saints, but we will share in it. You can read Philippians chapter 3, verse 20 and verse 21, 1 John 3 and 2. Until then, we participate in it spiritually, We, which is why we need to Never forsake the assembling of ourselves together. We must pray together. We must learn uh, and go and, and congregate to learn the word. And we're not hearing the word of God anymore. Mm -mm. Um, I, I, I've seen a lot of ministers, a lot of pastors, they have left the word of God. It's a lights, camera, action show being put on and, and it's entertaining. It's this big old theatrical show that's being put on and it's so sad. It is so sad. And, but it's biblical, but it's biblical. Now people don't want to hear sound doctrine anymore. Uh-uh. They're going where they can be entertained. And my prayer is that God's true believers are unified and stay together and continue in the faith. Verse 24, Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me be with me where I am so that they may see my glory, which you have given me for you loved me before the foundation of the world. Verse 25 says, O righteous father, although the world has not known you, yet I have known you and these have known that you sent me. These, we know the disciples knew and we know that God sent Jesus. Yes, he did. That spirit is inside of me. And this prayer here, verse 25, O righteous father, it summarizes the prayer of this chapter and it promises the continuing indwelling Christ and his love through his Holy Spirit. And that's confirmed in Romans 5, 5, because it says the love of God is shared abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Verse 25, I need to read that again, saints. O righteous father, although the world has not known you, yet I have known you, and these have known that you sent me. Do you know, saints, that God sent Christ? Do you know that? Do you know who Jesus is? 
not was, who he is today. He is Lord. He is Savior. He is God's entire redemption plan. And finally, verse 26 says, and I have made your name known to them and will make it known so that the love which you love me may be in them and I in them. Amen. Saints, you need to understand this prayer. Christ prayed for our protection. Christ prayed for our unification. Do not be fragmented. Stay away from Christians who have a problem with you living holy. After having done all the stand, continue to stand. Continue to walk in love. Love them anyway. There is not any person on this planet that I hate. The hate is not in me. It was in me before I met Christ over 30 years ago. And I kept trying to make, and I'm revealing some truth to you guys. I remember trying to make myself dislike someone and I just couldn't. And I understand that today, why I couldn't dislike them. Because the love of God is in me through Christ. It's shared abroad in my heart through Christ by the Holy Spirit. And so I don't dislike anyone, but I, it can easily distance myself from people. Uh-huh. But if that person is in need, I will be the first to help them if I can. That's the love of Christ in me. But remember Christ's prayer. He didn't pray for the world. He only prayed for those who believe in him. Uh-uh. Our mission is to go out and, and share the gospel. We have been given the ministry of reconciliation. Christ, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself for the forgiveness of your sins, period. There is no other savior, saints. If you have a pocket for another savior, you are not saved. Christ is the only way to get to God. Man created religion. And you read or you followed me in these scriptures. Christ continuously spoke of unity. Denominations and religion is division. They separate you. Denominations and religion is about controlling people. That's what religion does. We have liberty in Christ. We have liberty. We are not controlled. God made us with a free will. And, and let me tell you, my, my brothers and sisters in the Muslim world, you mention Christ, you say that he's a good man, but apparently you're not getting the story of Christ from the Holy Bible. You need to read these scriptures. I know Muslims listen to my show. I have communicated with some uh, via email, via private message on Facebook and via Q&A. And I see you are searching and you are seeking. Um, I want to recommend a book to you. It's called Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus, written by Nabil Qureshi. He was a Muslim, devout Muslim, born a Muslim into a Muslim family. He found Christ seeking Allah. He seriously wanted to find God because he came across some, some words in, in the Quran, in the surahs that just didn't make sense to him because he was a medical student and something that Mohammed, Mohammed Ibn Abdullah is the creator of Islam. And he read something in, in reference to how a human being forms in the body. And this man was a medical student. And what was written 
he knew was not correct. So he had doubt from that moment on and began to pray and ask God to lead him to the true God, please. And God led him straight to Jesus. If your heart is right, if you are truly seeking God, the true and living God, remember Jesus mentioned that what eternal life is. It is knowing the true and living God, which means there are false gods out here. Eternal life is knowing the true and living God and Jesus Christ, whom God has sent. So saints, with that said, I'm going to leave you with that today. Walk in love. Peace out. I hope you were blessed by this message. If you have any questions or comments about this particular episode or any previous episodes, please send your comments or questions to talkingbibletruth.cd at gmail.com. And if you would like to support this podcast financially, because it has been a blessing to you, go to one of my five podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or Radio Public, and contribute an amount of your choice. Or you can send your seed to me via Cash App, dollar sign, Dr. Kamla D. That's dollar sign, capital D, lowercase r, capital C, lowercase a-m-a-l-e, capital D. Anything you choose to send will be greatly appreciated. Now until next time, saints, remember that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We walk by faith, not by sight. I am your host, Dr. Kamala D, rightly dividing the word of truth in peace and love. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope to see you next time.